Grant asked us to, uh, to get to a place where we're not worshiping him from our highest place of victory, but where we're worshiping God from our lowest, deepest depth and our struggle. And I saw myself just standing at the bottom of an empty cup, a massive cup reaching up towards heaven and just praising with a voice that reaches all the way to the rim because I want to praise him from my lowest space. And as I was praising him, the cup was filling up to the point at which it was overflowing. Let's give him a hand for that. A stronger one. Come on. Um, If our projector man can put up uh, Ephesians 1. Um, from verse 17, 18, and 19. That'll be great. Just I felt the Lord move me to encourage you that, you know, how can we spend a whole morning around the death and the resurrection of Christ? That's, isn't it too much? Like, and uh, this is what, what Ephesians says. This is the revelation of Paul. He says this, he he asks us for the church that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened that we might know what is the hope to which he has called us, you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is, listen to this now, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might, next verse, According to the working of his great might, there comes the bombshell, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So there is a revelation that is ongoing, that is powerful. It's called the immeasurable greatness of his power. Just to help you see this, when Christ died, it not only separated history, from before Christ and after dead. But it touched the beginning of time, Adam, and went all the way to the end. It infiltrated, this death and resurrection was so powerful that not one sin or event was untouched by what he did. Here it goes, and he's present right now to everything simultaneously from the beginning to the end by his death and resurrection. So the Bible says it's an eternal sacrifice, not bound by time. Every heartache, every loss, every sorrow, every sin, every weakness is present to him at all times from the beginning to the end. It's massive. We could, sp- we could spend a month there. It's how powerful this death and resurrection is. When we were worshiping this morning, we were present to his actual dying and his actual resurrection from the dead. It's, uh, when your eyes are closed, it's blurry. As your eyes get opened up, you're just going like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. So... Yeah, I mean, I really, I mean, I don't want to make our enjoyment more important than God's glory, but isn't it wonderful to just glorify the Lord and worship Him? Eh? And uh, I'm not sure if I was moved more than those who speak the mother tongue of Afrikaans, but who was moved by that song in Afrikaans? Eh? Wasn't that incredible? 
at the heart of God. Eh? Just so incredible. Um, <clears throat> just before I share about Jonathan Conrath, there are two girls here. I think they've been, I know you've been around us for a while, eh? but uh, how, have you been to one of our Sunday meetings before? Not? And was it the first time you ever came to uh, one of our youth meetings yesterday, uh, on Friday? Not the first time. Okay. But she gave her life to the Lord yeah. on Friday. Uh, isn't that incredible? And uh, I made it really difficult for everyone. You know when you do an altar call where no one closes their eyes? And I sort of, you know when you paint the picture of, this is not going to be easy. It's a narrow door. It's Jesus who saves you. It's like one of those, you know, where you're not expecting anyone to respond. <laughs> and she said, no, I, I want to respond to the Lord. And uh, that is really, yeah, let's give it up for the Lord. Eh? Just one person responding is incredible to Christ. We never outgrow the wonder of salvation. Uh, but just quickly, I want to punt the encounter time that we're having with Jonathan Conrath. Now, if you don't know who Jonathan Conrath is, that's understandable. Uh, because he hasn't always, I don't think he's actually been here before, but he's an evangelist uh, who's from British descent. He speaks like a real Brit. And uh, uh, what is interesting about him is he told me a story. So I had the privilege of traveling with him down to PE last year. And I didn't really have a good understanding of who he was. I just thought he's like a guy that preaches the gospel. And he's been here. But my eyes just got opened up to who he really is. And this is one of the stories he told me. He said to me recently, he was, uh, so this is not like 10 years ago. This is like a couple of months ago. So a year, maybe six months. So 18 months ago. He said he was preaching in, uh, I think it was South America or Eastern Europe. And uh, a guy came onto the stage whose body was bent over, so he couldn't stand straight. He was bent over, and his head, his eyes faced over his heels. So he was bent over, and he was twisted, that he looked over his heels, and that's what, he was, that's what his physical condition. Now, that's, this is now serious deformity. He said the Lord was very kind to him. He said there was no sense of God's anointing, uh, he said he couldn't even feel God's presence. He said he thinks God was being merciful to him because what he witnessed was so incredible it might have corrupted his mind that he was part of the miracle. So he said you could begin to hear and you know when someone's telling the truth. It's just, I, you know, I'm, very, I'm very suspicious sometimes of some of the miracles I hear. I could just hear such fear of God in what he was telling me. He said to me, you began to hear the bones crack. He said the, the physical sound of bones cracking was heard, not just on the stage, but into the crowd. And God stretched out this guy and healed him and made him straight in front of a few thousand people. He said it was, it was an absolute, he was awestruck. He said the fear of God fell in that place. Awe of God fell. Um, and he, he was telling me as well of, uh, it's interesting, he really could ring my bell. He knew how to get me, like, he just read me so well. He was telling me another story of uh, um, his son, um, his best friend's daughter was five years old, and she was sick. And they had seen all types of miracles. So he's used to seeing miracles. 
And they were even fasting and praying for her. And he said it was absolutely one of the lowest times of his life. She died. Now, it's one thing when a family member dies who's like me. You know, you're aged a little bit. You, you've been around. But a five-year-old, it's like it rocks your world. It said they, they grieved and they wept. It, it was, he said it was a, 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 a deep valley for him, for him and his, one of his best friends. Um, and he said he noticed, he said that very night, that very night that she died, he said he saw blind eyes open, uh, ears being healed. So he, they've just witnessed her death and God's doing miracles. And he said somehow his heart just couldn't handle it. And uh, he couldn't hold. And he said he, as the nights and weeks went by, his heart uh, was so impacted by the dying of this girl that the miracles began to slow down and eventually stopped. And uh, he spoke about his journey back into trusting God. I mean, how's that? You know, that's like, I can follow someone who talks that way. <laughs> it was like he, like I was going, yeah, as a real man, uh, being really honest about his journey with God and the journey of faith. Um, and he said to me, actually, what was interesting was uh, coming out of that took him a whole year, a whole year to come out of it and just to trust God again. And, and uh, so I love his honesty about the miracles, about the failures and about the recovery of faith and trusting God. Uh, what is interesting, he said to me that at one time, this is a few years back now, he said he was seeing deaf ears open all the time, like every single night that they were praying for people who were deaf, which is an incredible miracle if you're deaf. Uh, I'm, I don't know, I might, be, I might be being lining up for a miracle. I wouldn't say I'm deaf, but this one ear of mine from all my surfing is probably 50-50. My kids would say I'm deaf. Uh, <laughs> so I might be in line with, uh, I might need a, a healing. Um, actually, I've been warned that if you're half deaf, your vulnerability to dementia increases. So if you're a male and your ears are going, get them fixed. Or get healed because you are vulnerable to other things. But anyway, he was telling me that, he said, Lord, why am I seeing deaf ears open and not blind eyes? He said he would see maybe two blind people get healed a year. And so what he did is he began to look into the scriptures and he began to exercise his faith and he began to read all the miracles about the healing of the blind. And he said God began to do a work in Now this is interesting. This is telling me in the car. This is now because we've got like eight hours, you know, driving. And he said to me that faith began to be put in him for the healing of blind eyes. And then they began to happen. And he said there would be one night where there's two people who get healed. And then he would carry on and carry on. And then another night where more people get healed of, of blindness. And I was just awed by the story of a person like you and me that wrestles through the ups and downs of life and is pursuing God and wanting God to show His glory through miracles and through the preaching of the gospel. Uh, I think it's absolutely incredible. And He's coming to us on the 26th of August at 7 p.m. Hey, man, this is going to be a treat. Um, we've been handing out these little forms if you haven't seen them. This is for you, all right? And uh, this is for you to invite someone uh, from school from your business, your workplace, maybe family or friends. Uh, and no one's going to know about it. So it's for you to write their names down and for you to start to pray for them. Because I'm wondering if we went through this 
hall today. How many of you are here because someone reached out to you? How many are here because someone invited you to something? Uh, yeah, I see a hand going up there. Uh, you know what's interesting is I won't go there. You can maybe put it up so the guys know that I'm not just speaking out of my heart. But in the, in the book of John, you'll see that when Jesus met Andrew, the disciple, uh, actually Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist, if you go and read the book of John, chapter 1. And the first thing that Andrew did is he said, I must go to my brother Peter. And the scripture says that he went to his brother Peter and witnessed him and said, we found the Christ. And so Peter came in by someone else reaching out to him. And Jesus, when Jesus saw Peter, he said, you are Simon and you'll be called Peter. And I don't know if that is a word of knowledge. We don't know. The Bible doesn't make it clear. But somehow Peter got so impacted by that one sentence that Peter stayed with Jesus and followed him. Then we see Philip, the, uh, Ephesians, uh, sorry, John 1 says to Philip, um, it says that Jesus, he found Philip. This is now verse 43, and said to him, follow me. And then Philip, who was from the same town as Andrew and Peter, next verse please, found Nathaniel. This is how it works. Nathaniel was found by Philip. I'm wondering how many people are going to be found by Jesus because you reached out to someone. So I'm risking it. I, I won't mention names, but I've got a, I'm inviting the guy that runs my whole business venture. I've got a, like a, call him an MD. I'm inviting him and his wife to come. Uh, there's another family I'm inviting. It's going to be quite high risk. So, <laughs> like, cause you don't know what they're going to say. Um, and if they don't come, I'm going to just keep on inviting the guys that I know who are outside of church and outside of salvation. Uh, so it's very, I feel the risk factor. And I'm really going to try and make it easy for them. I'm going to make sure I'm there so that, that I don't know if they're going to come this Saturday night. I know that we, our time to invite as a congregation is Saturday night. In my mind, someone who's never been to church, like Saturday night church is like quite a big jump. <laughs> so, but do it anyway. I might try and invite uh, my business associate to the Sunday morning, because I think it's more in his mindset, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really work it. So I want to encourage you. Would you, be a, would you be a Philip and an Andrew and reach out to Peter, reach out to Nathaniel? And all these people were family members and friends. But if you look deeper, they were also, uh, Peter and Andrew were business partners. They were brothers who were in business together. So there you have business, family, and friends all being invited. Um, I don't want to mess with you, but you know, that it took them quite a long time to get to the synagogue. So, it's like Jesus was doing a whole lot of work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then eventually they ended up in church uh, with him. But um, this is how it rolls. Uh, so who's invited someone already? So oh, you've got them on the list and you've already invited. Are they saying yes? Not yet. They're going to invite them again. So I want to say to the elders, there's quite a lot of pressure on you. i tell you why. Because if we don't bend you, the church won't change. So I would say if you're an elder in this congregation, there's no mercy for you. <laughs> there's like, a, you, need to, like you need to bring people. Because uh, the, the, the model that we set will actually impact the church. It'll be very easy for you 
very easy for you to hear what I'm saying, and it's completely out of your mind by the time you leave here. So would you make a mark? Who is the Lord actually asking you to reach out to? I'm actually going to pray for us. Let's pray quickly. Just bow your heads. Lord, I want to bring every single person we know, Lord, in our workplace, in our families, Lord, our friends, people in clubs that we know, uh, people, parents uh, in the school that our kids go to. Lord, we bring them and I ask supernaturally, would you move upon us to be, Lord, like Andrew and like Philip, where we say, come and see, we have, we have been found by the Messiah. So, Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way.